Welcome back into Canton Bound, episode 24, and as promised, we'd be back with some strategy, but first, Adam, Super Bowl, done, we just watched it last night, we're recording this Monday afternoon, what'd you think, how was the Super Bowl for you, man, did you watch it with uh, friends, family, have a little party just by yourself? I basically watched it solo, my my dad came over, uh, watched the first half with me, second half, you know, just solo, it was actually kind of nice, it was odd, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, having the Super Bowl just, I'm sitting down here, wife and kid are in bed, dad's back at home, definitely odd, but honestly, it was kind of cool, because, I mean, Mike, what did you expect, I mean, I expect exactly what the hell just happened, I mean, we, we saw Patrick Mahomes, I mean, almost at this point, man, what would, I, I, I asked this genuinely, like, if Patrick Mahomes didn't actually win another Super Bowl, but was, like, great, you know, like, he's already basically penciled himself into one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time after that. You're yeah. talking about, you're talking about right now, think about your Philadelphia Eagles, all right, for everyone listening. When a team starts reeling, a lot of times it's hard to even get close to back in the mix of relevant. Right, a lot of times you just see that team take that negative downward spiral, and it's it, boom, done. Philly went from like the favorite to out of it. One of the they were literally from the last what was that eight games? One of the worst teams in football. Yeah, they won one game, right, or two games? I, I forget specifics, but it was awful. It was hard to watch them. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good at all. Now think about again with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the way they got beat up by the Raiders, and there were some games where you're like, this team just ain't it like it's not their year like it's finally you know caught up with them Mahomes has to go on the road this team does not have the offensive weapons and firepower that it has had last year even with Kelsey playing at a different level and you know the year prior with losing Tyreek Hill like they go through the gauntlet and Patrick Mahomes just in fashion as always scores the game winning touchdown I mean I don't know what else you want. This dude is, he's different, man. It was, uh, it was incredible too. Cause if you look at it, right, just, uh, down the stretch, right. So, uh, they had their bye week, week 10, you know, the, the old adage, at least I do because, uh, Andy Reed coached in Philly for a long time. Don't give Andy Reed a bye, Andy Reed a bye week because, uh, he's going to kill you. <laughs> don't give coming him off two, the bye, yeah. coming off the bye, they play the Eagles, the aforementioned Eagles They lose, right? Then they play the Raiders. They beat the Raiders. They lose at Green Bay. They lose at home versus Buffalo. They beat the Patriots, the number three overall pick, Patriots, by 10. They lose to the Raiders at home. Beat the Bengals, no Joe Burrow, beat the Chargers. Like, that's how they finish out the season, and you're going, woof. 
<laughs> the wins we don't feel good about, the losses. How do you lose to the Raiders? Uh, the Eagles at the time, it was like, oh, okay, I can understand this. And then you see what happened to the Eagles to end the season, and you're like, mm, now we question that. So they go into the playoffs. Let me just say this. I think they, they probably lucked out a little bit by getting, you know, not lucked out, but they did enough to get that home playoff game and play Miami when it was negative 47 degrees or whatever. <laughs> it's like, we're going to bring a team from Miami up here to play For a playoff sure. game I mean, we, and we, slow down that team. But uh, yeah. then they have to go on the road at the Bills where the Bills already beat them in the regular season, right? Go on the road to beat the Bills. They go to Baltimore, the number one team in the league, right? A team that we just watched a few weeks before smack around San Francisco like it was nothing. And they beat beat the Ravens they go to the Super Bowl they're underdogs in the Super Bowl right after all this underdogs they have a double digit deficit in the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes is like now nah, I got this check this probably the greatest thing I've, I've I think I've ever seen at least for a legacy type game right mm. um Brady Brady by far and away you know the goat at this point but Patrick Mahomes is like entered the conversation and the dude's only 28 years old. Like he is, he is a legitimate, you can have the argument, right? Like he's still got more Super Bowls to win, but think about where Brady got to and he was doing it at, you know, his early forties. <laughs> like it took him that long. Patrick Mahomes has got like 16 years to get to that point. That's nuts. It's well, insane. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say the, the wording, not that you're still not correct. Like, uh, Tom Brady is still the GOAT, but there's not this big um, disparity anymore, frankly, for, like, trajectory. And even right now, yeah, you're going to say uh, Brady, of course, by the tenure, the long longevity, plus having seven. But first of all, like, okay, let, let's, just, let's just call this what it is. Right now, Mike, and I know <laughs> this is just going to be funny because – Mike, Mike feels a certain type of way about the Jordan-LeBron thing. And I'm not even here to do the, the Jordan-LeBron thing. I'm really here to say, like, Tiger Woods in his real heyday before all the chaos happens. Like, you knew almost going into that final day, mano y mano, just Tiger's going to win. And there was there, there's few feelings like that where nobody would take on Tiger Woods in that last day and win. There was, in the finals... Because they're, you know, whatever you want to say, if it was the lack of talent, who was playing in the 90s, when Jordan played in the finals, you knew what the outcome was and nobody could t- tell you otherwise. Right now, Patrick Mahomes has that in football and the way he's capturing it with different teams, Mike, it's that you have not had this feeling in sports since Patrick Mahomes. And, and that, that, that includes Brady because Brady went and lost. Brady went and lost plenty. Not saying he's still not the GOAT, but, um, Patrick Mahomes right now with trajectory, like you could project that he could pass him. And that's almost impossible to say because of how much better Tom Brady has been from any other quarterback we've seen as far as winning. That's that's to kind of give you perspective of what we're watching right now. Yeah, I said uh, I said during the AFC Championship game, I sent out a tweet, and it's still one of my favorite ones I've seen all year because it's so damn true, Adam. So in 22, right, the Chiefs trade Tyreek. We assume the offense is going to be bad. Patrick Mahomes goes on to win MVP, wins the Super Bowl, right? Dominate. Gets it. 23. The weapons look horrible. Kelsey looks washed. The offense looks broken. Bills get a home playoff game. Baltimore hosts the AFC Championship. 
Kansas City still wins. So I got to use that gift from uh, Mayor of Kingstown. I don't know how many people have seen that. It's one of my favorite shows out there. But uh, I don't uh, I don't know the actor's name, but uh, you guys would recognize me. He played Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's like you had your chance. You turned it down. <laughs> yep, for sure. I mean, you had your opportunity to take Casey down, and it's like what happens when they draft somebody? at receiver and get him a legitimate weapon or they get a T Higgins or they get a Mike Evans or, you know, they add to this offense. Holy crap. Well, I mean, th- that was the thing you're going to say, right? Like I know that you can always say it's hard to project what it's going to be in several years from now, but it's going to be hard for anybody to project that they're receiving corps, um, minus Kelsey. Now, Kelsey, if you want to include that, even still, like it's going to be hard to project that you see a worse receiving corps for Kansas City than what you saw this year as a totality. It really is, man. They were terrible. They, it took finally getting like some of these guys off the field to realize they were literal detriments to this offense and this team. And the one thing, though, to go back to that conversation with Mahomes and Brady, he he will have to, I think, though, kind of really um, separate himself because. Mike, you know how the conversations go and people start really, you know, nitpicking. I mean, you're going to have a mono we mono matchup where Mahomes lost, right? So uh, that's the one thing that you're going to have to see with Mahomes is the one time he has lost so far. It's a, you know, it's a Tom Brady-led team, and it's on his second team that wasn't New England. So it'll be interesting, man. But the the, the reality is right now what we saw last night, <clears throat> um, you, you got to see when Patrick Mahomes has the games on the line. He doesn't turn the ball over. When it, the moment's at his biggest, he plays at his biggest. And you almost know, it's like a foregone conclusion, he's going to score a touchdown. So there, there's been very few and far people in sports, period, that have really kind of uh, carried that aura despite what the odds were and um, continue to deliver. So uh, it's something special, man. I just say, I'll just say, like, whatever it turns into, we don't know, but... I think it, people should really try to – a lot of haters and this and that. And you should appreciate what we're watching right now because it is rare. It is hard to find this type of stuff. Yeah. You want to talk about a real-life warp difference maker, which is the topic today? Let's do it. Patrick Mahomes. If only Patrick Mahomes was playing like this in the championship when I needed him, right? If only he was doing that for fantasy points during yeah, the regular fan, season. Fantasy championship. He don't care about that. You know, he got the Super Bowl on his, on his mind. And another MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Wow. So we're going to talk about Adam introduction to warp just the basics you know what right. what is warp um warp stands for wins over replacement player uh kind of a the easiest way to describe it, if anybody's a real fan of baseball they have a, a thing called war wins above replacement it's a way to analytically measure how much more valuable a player is to a team at least in the baseball sense you know if you were to replace them with a replacement level player at their position how many wins, you know, would separate? Like, how many wins would come off the board? So, same kind of concept for fantasy. That's what Warp is. Looking at it for your fantasy teams, based on fantasy points, on a given week, how much more valuable is one player than another relative to the replacement level? So, easiest way to describe what the replacement level is, we play in a lot of 12-team Superflex leagues, Adam, right? And ideally... You want to start two quarterbacks every single week. One in your QB spot, one in your super flex spot. On a given week, you'll have 32 NFL teams playing. Hey, no injuries, let's just assume. So you're going to yeah, have nope. 32 players no who are going week. to be putting up fantasy points at the quarterback position. Yep. 
the league as a whole is going to need 24 of them. One in the quarterback spot, one in the super flex spot. Player number 25, quarterback number 25 on that given week, what he's scoring, that's your replacement player. That's the guy that was uh, free, wouldn't make lineups. So how much more valuable is the guy that you are starting at the quarterback spot or your super flex spot than QB 25 on that given week? That's warp in a nutshell. <laughs> that's how you explain it. Now, there's a lot of data that goes into this. There's a lot of algorithms. There's a lot of API pulling. <laughs> this all comes from our main man, Koopa, uh, did all this. Uh, he's had it for us for a long time. We didn't pay attention to it enough <laughs> this past year when we came with this awesome, awesome tool that he derived, which just keeps getting better every like two months, it feels like at this point. He's making little tweaks and improvements. But when he came to it, and I actually got to see the graphs, and I was able to, at will, leisurely, Pull up a graph while I'm, you know, sitting on the can at work, not actually doing work. <laughs> Just killing time. And look at my specific league, my scoring, my lineup requirements, everything in there. And see how much more valuable certain players were to other players over multiple given seasons, right? I can go back to, I want to say it's 20 or 2009. I'm not even sure how far back that goes. It goes a ways, right? Oh, it goes back far enough where you don't care how far back it goes because you're like ah, man look at some of these guys i don't remember these names he must <laughs> I, I think he went to like you said like 2009 he's like the last cba uh, the cba before that we're not doing it right right i my high school daughter who's graduating this spring uh oh my she, goodness she was whoa, three years whoa, that's crazy man. she would have been three years old at that time <laughs> man are we? I can't believe that, man. I know we're talking the twenty four class, and that felt like an eternity ago when yeah. we started doing content together. But man, time is flying. Wow. I, I know. Well, to be fair to both of us, she is graduating as a junior early, so props to her for that. Well, good. Definitely props to her for that because I I know her father, and that's that's Wait. saying a lot. <laughs> that's harsh. <laughs> but fair. Love harsh you, but fair. So that's what warp is. Uh, just in a nutshell, Adam. Um, just some introduction. Tell the people a little bit, like, what were your, like, basic takeaways from, from Warp? Um, just some quick, easy ways that you used it right off the bat. And then we'll kind of just dive into a little bit more what it's really good for and what we've learned over probably the last full calendar year, really diving into Warp and using it to uh, to actually help us win numerous amounts of championships. And by us, I mean myself. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because I was going to say, we definitely went opposites on this, for sure. Like, Mike didn't know what we had initially. I mean, I knew exactly what we had. I'm like, this tool is crazy. I couldn't stop talking about it. I had to do, like, a 25-hour series on it because, you know, I do what I do. I talk. And if you're here, um, you may like that in certain spots. But if you're like Mike, you hate it for most of the time because I just I don't want to stop talking. So we did a whole series, and I knew how good it was going to be. However, I got into too many leagues and uh, had too many things brewing and totally did not utilize the warp tool to its effectiveness across all my leagues. and. You know, uh, didn't I didn't really quite capture what warp really should have been able to give me as an edge. Now, um, to get to the point you were making here about warp, some of the things I saw early on, Mike, um, I will admit, like there's been some learning curves too within the first year of really having the tool um, available and get to see and study it so often. So in the off season, we had, for, for example, just to give everybody an understanding of where we are at, Mike and myself with warp and where I think we can see it 
where I saw it initially and where I think we see it going. And we talk about this intro. Koopa really put warp like sheets in front of us in the 22 season. Now, it wasn't to this clean, <clears throat> um, this clean recipe that you're seeing now where you get it on the screen. You can go through your leagues very easily. Um, it's all very, you know, aesthetically pleasing. You basically had to go through Google Sheets and you could see it and have he'd make them individually for your leagues. And I think we knew what we were looking at, but honestly, uh, either the convenience as well as not really knowing what we were doing with it. Um, it there was a huge, huge like push for it this offseason because of the tools convenience. And the one thing that I, I say I learned is chasing last year specifically warp or certain positions warp in a small window that can be a cause for burning yourself, right? It's not predictive to be year in and year out. The graphs look identical as far as where they slant in that. Now, what you can see, if you look over the historical part of it, like to Mike's point, you go back to 2009 or whatever they actually capture, you can see some trends that stay very clear and you can see some things that will sway year in and year out because of variance. Um, the biggest thing I think is to understand in your specific league, like this, this, by the way, warp has nothing to do with market. That's a totally different thing. But with warp, if you can kind of get a baseline for scoring, what positions actually matter or mean more than typically you would think of in a normal league or in a specific market that is, you know, the, the generic market and dynasty, that's the first edge that I think you've got to kind of understand in your league. Running backs are more valuable on a positional basis, especially at the high end than in a typical market. So that means maybe these are ones you want to try to buy at the right time, right? So if you can understand what positions and where the warp and how you can effectively capture it that way, I think is the best way to utilize it. I like that too. You look at it from a, you take a step back, right? Like I'm not so much concerned with one week's of warp, right? Might be an interesting data point. Like, wow, man, that's smash week. This guy killed it. But uh, when I'm looking at acquiring players, Adam, in season, when I'm using warp, it's in like four, five, six week windows. Like who are those guys who are kind of flying under the radar? Jordan Love was a great one, a great example for us last year. You know, we did numerous podcasts and I'm sitting here and we're talking about warp and how we're identifying guys. And you pick some good ones real early. Uh, Russell Wilson was a call of yours. Jacoby Myers, like those guys were like, ooh, you, you did a great YouTube video on it. But there was one name that I kept bringing up every single week, and he hadn't been playing the greatest. He just had some moments, and you and I weren't really sold on him. But I'm like, man, Warp keep telling me I should probably pay attention to it. That was Jordan Love, right? Could you imagine being in what Jordan Love's cost was probably week five, week six versus where it is now? <laughs> That's Drastic when we were like, oh, yeah, should have I mean got in on that one. Well, yeah, I mean, now to the this one is a uh, actually a pretty good warp discussion, though, right? Because at the moment, part of the reason, even though we saw warp there, what you and I both didn't want to commit to was the potential of what the price would be long term. However, this is where we should have honestly, myself included, even with the bias of me saying, I don't think Jordan Love's going to pan out. The cost of Jordan Love at that point didn't require you paying what his future was going to be. You were almost paying for his future to be gone. Yes. So in that, in that, in that perspective, and like when you put things in that perspective, sometimes again, like, Mike, it's going to probably be every single year. We we can talk about every time we peel back layers of our bias and that's true, but I can tell you every year I'm going to have a new layer of bias I have to undo and, and realize is a bias, right? That's one of them where it's, I'm so, I'm so sure and so convinced that he's not going to make it long-term 
that I'm not willing to invest right now, no matter the cost. Well, the silly part was the warp was already there, but then the crazy part is there still was a outside chance, which happened that now you get the long-term benefits of Jordan love to your point warp already showed you that. And he was a warp like solid. He was solid at warp and he was honestly like on the back end of difference maker, even when he wasn't playing well in the NFL. Then as the, the season finished, now the dude's warp really took a step into the like difference maker range, and we're looking at a guy that's more of a long term asset now. So, um, yeah, de- definitely using warp already there. He was a warp value, Mike, without even having the upside that we were ba- not baking in. Another good one to look at, right? You you touched on it too, but looking at it from a holistic aspect of it, looking at it from a, a step back, a zoomed out angle, is when I join a new startup or I take over an orphan. Either way. We always have a real tough time kind of gauging what's worth it here in this league, right? This is why when we've really evolved as a dynasty community, you remember back in the day, like people would post trades like this guy for this guy cross positionally. And that was it. That was all the context you had on the trade. And people would argue until they're blue in the face. And then it comes to find out, you know, it was a one QB league and they're trading a quarterback for a running back. And you go, oh, okay. Well, I know historically in one QB leagues, they don't really matter. <laughs> I take the running back, right? Or maybe it was a tight end. Did you find out that it's an extremely high tight end premium and a start two tight end? We've gotten to the point where we do give the context now on trades, right? But warp peels back the layer of the onion even a little bit further. And it gives you the true context of what the value in that league specifically is for each player. So when I look at warp or a warp graph, when I come in, I'm not so much looking at who's the best warp player, right? Who is the best quarterback? Oh, Josh Allen. He was the best. I'm looking at how much more valuable is one position compared to the other, right? And trying to use it in a lens of, man, due to the scoring settings and the roster settings in here, people may hate running backs right now, but this league heavily favors running backs. This is one thing I saw Koopa himself do in a startup with you and I when Warp, for us as a community, was just getting started. Right. You made that ridiculous start 16 South Harmon Dynasty Degenerates League with juice scoring to the running backs, right? Absolutely loaded. And we were just in the infancy of hating running backs and doing a startup in January or February. Nobody drafting running backs. We don't want that. Koopa said the warp in this league is just too great. And he took a team almost entirely of running backs, right? Just turd quarterbacks, fill in dumpster fire receivers, and a team loaded top to bottom with running backs. Lo and behold, what happens? He's in a league full of sharps, Adam. You and I are in it with other Savage members, people who pay attention. You and I both grind the waivers. It's not, like, it's not like either one of us decided to bow out and let Koopa have it, right? We both made the playoffs, both lost. I don't think I, I bowed out pretty early. <laughs> oh, did you did you miss yeah. the playoffs? Okay. Yeah, I bowed right. out pretty early. I, forgot, I think Mike. I got like the third pick of that. League. Mike bowed out. All right, fair enough. But uh, Cooper ran the table, went on to win that league. Yeah. Now, what's crazy about this? Now, hindsight twenty twenty. Actually, go ahead. Go ahead and continue if you had anything else on that uh, that specific point there, because it was you're a hundred percent spot on. That's the uh, the holistic approach, like the zoomed out approach to using warp. Is that's what I think it's most valuable for. Now, there are some things, you know, I mentioned in season, you can spot some trends, right? You can pick those out. But the big thing, if you want to know about Warp, it's how to value players within your league, how to value positions within your league. And one thing people don't do in a lot of casual leagues 
is have a real good grasp on what's worth it in this league and what's not. So you're going to hear all offseason, right, from Adam and myself. You've already heard it, us talk about it when we did the mock draft. Just how much we don't really care for Kyle Pitt or for uh, Brock Bowers. Man, I'm getting them mixed up, right? They just keep saying generational all the time. <laughs> Kyle Pitt. Mike's, Mike's just lumping them all. Tight ends. <laughs> I hate them all. I hate them all. You're going to hear us say about how much we don't really care about Brock Bowers. It's not because we think he's a bad player. I think he's phenomenal. He's fun to watch, right? And could he have a great fantasy season? Sure. He could end up being a very big difference maker at the position. I'm not trying to dispute that. But neither are you, I don't think. No. But the odds of him doing it aren't great. And the payoff if he does do it, not that great either. Right? Yeah. Very few I think players. The latter like... part, I think the latter part even more so to the former part. Now, to your to your point, it's not a shoe in at all that he's going to be a difference maker at the position. No. We know it's not. Now, I think there's a very good chance with his talent that he does. Again, I'm not going to actually bet on it as we're talking to. But the bigger point is if it, if he does actually pay off, Mike, relative to what that means to majority, 95 98% of my leagues, it's not worth the risk. The payoff doesn't make it warranted in the 104 range. That has, nothing to, do with Brock, that has nothing to do with Brock Bowers. For everyone listening, if you have – been wondering why do these guys hate Brock Bowers? It has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with the way that you saw him in a picture on stage looking like he's not an athlete. It has nothing to do with any of that. It just has to do with the fact that he's not someone at the position in fantasy football that I care about. Looking like Brock from Liberty Mutual. I was going to say State Farm, but Jake from State Farm's in shape, so it's got to yeah. be Liberty Mutual. There you go. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Hibbity, bibbity. Liberty, bibbity. <laughs> Ooh, look, a bee boo. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you get two dummies you just start rambling on nothing here i love it that's how we take it off the rails <laughs> yeah just relative and the reason like we can say that confidently adam is you know combined what are we playing 50 60 leagues easily more, more than that last year i was in 28 and you were in 40 right I mean, it's almost 70 we do a trade show every single week where we stare at warp graphs <laughs> to get the most amount of context, to give our best opinion on what deals are going down. I've seen a lot of warp graphs. I've seen a lot of leagues. I've seen a lot of different scoring settings. There is very few that make the tight end matter. There is very few. Like It has to be special circumstances, whether that is a crazy tight end premium, Adam, like a, a two-pointer, <laughs> two-point bonus, right? I'm not even talking like a plus one point per reception tight end premium. Even then, a lot of those leagues, I go, all right, it still doesn't really matter to me. doesn't move the needle enough. Yeah, a start two tight end league in itself, no. Now, you start combining some of that stuff. Maybe it's a one-point tight end premium with a two-point uh, start two tight end league. Yeah, and you, you don't have uh, positions, right? Like, I've seen those. You've seen those, like, all flex leagues. We don't start – you don't have to start anything. All of a sudden, now tight ends kind of become a value, and they kind of become a warp difference maker matched up as flexes because what? It's easier. It's easier for those tight ends to make your lineup, right? Because yep. they get that tight end premium bonus. So, but just in general, for most people, half point tight end premium, no tight end premium. If you're in a league like that, the tight end warp graphs are almost always dead last, <laughs> and they're almost always dead last by a long shot, and almost everything else is a value. And the other thing to look at when we look at warp is that graph, right? I didn't really like looking at the graph to begin with, Adam, 
but it's converted. Like that's kind of where I take my first initial takeaways because of one reason, flat. I want to see how flat it gets at certain spots, right? You may have one or two tight ends, for example, that are like, oh man, this guy was like 15th in the, uh, the league in warp, right? This guy was 16th in the league in warp. And then you go way down to that nice flat and you go, these guys are separated by one or two spots tops overall in warp, or they're like fractions of a decimal point. It's <laughs> like they're, they're thousands of a point off in wins. Yep. And this tier goes for 10 players. So really what I'm doing is somebody in there is going to pick a guy because they go, oh, I like his situation. I'm a big fan of his game. I went to his college. (laughs) Like he was my favorite player. He plays on my favorite team. They're going to pick him. They're going to pay more for him. They're going to pick more, uh, pick him higher in a startup. They're going to pay more in an auction for him. They're going to give more up in a trade for him. And I'm better off if I go, yeah, I'll take the guy that's basically the same, but costs way less. <laughs> Just give me one of these dudes. I will close my eyes and pick one of them. And odds are we're going to come out about the same. And I didn't spend anything for it. So when I look at warp, like intro to warp, that's the basics, like how I'm looking at it. Yeah, I like that point. Now, I don't want to get too far from the intro part, but. Like, uh, there's been a lot of involvement. Um, and I honestly, I think the thing about warp is if you're listening to this episode and you're, you're wanting to know more about it and you're intrigued by this and you're not really kind of conceptualizing all of it, understand you're, you're far from alone. Mike and I are literally up here telling you what we do understand about it and what we still have yet to learn and what we learned on the fly this year. And I think the thing about warp is it's still right now. Um, the crazy part is it really was just starting to hit as far as being uh, able to be visualized and seen to the degree it was last year, right? Like you've heard about warp before last year and you've heard about war, but you didn't really have the visual tools to really allow you to like hone in and harness the level of what you had last year. And it just started last year to that degree, but I think we still have so much more um, for warp to develop and for people to really understand the best ways to capture what you see in front of you. I like it. Let, let's talk about this. We're in the, the intro. Well, one, th- one thing I was just going to say real quick, cause I don't want to get off the intro, but just like to yeah. the point with Koopa. Now this is one of those two where Koopa even, right. He's the one that literally put the warp machine out there, right? He, he understood warp from a conversation that we were having on a podcast, Mike, a while back, right. In the 22 season from there, he's like, you know what? I think I can find a way to make what they're talking about in that tool, I think I can find a way to actually like visualize it. And he did, he, he made sheets. And then he he continued on that thought and got it to the point where there is actually now on our website where you can literally pull an update from all the different leagues in Sleeper. Like this is the guy that conceptualized how to make all that really happen and had the ideas, not just in his head, but could actually like have all the understanding of how to make that data points as clear as you can right now. He drafted that running back heavy team. Like, now here's the thing. He was correct in the fact that the running back position was that way. Now, even he would admit this. I'll admit this. You admit this. Like, I want to get those running backs. But typically, we're, we've admitted, we're, I don't want to draft them all in startups. He Like, the crazy part about that, although he was correct, I went and looked. He made one running back trade throughout the season. And if you look... This dude hit like every running back that didn't get hurt. They all played in the, in the playoffs. So ran pure. 
Now, if you have that happen, I mean, it's a runaway freight train, right? If you drafted ahead of ahead of like consensus, the running back because you saw the warp and none of them get hurt, you're gonna you're gonna do what he did. He destroyed that league. But now he probably would even say there were some errors that could have happened with injuries, but he didn't he didn't dodge them. Point is that I'm not trying to get off the intro, but there's so many different levels that are going to continue to evolve. Like we saw that last year, right? And we we saw through other leagues, and I'm sure he did too, where the injury to that position, how volatile it is, makes you really think about when you want to invest in that position, right? And you yep. actually warp is what causes you to think about that type of thing. So anyway, I, I don't want to get too far into the high level. This is on you the did. intro, but I just wanted to like really kind of put in forefront for everybody to think about. Like that's something that from the start of the season, which was the start of the startup, that was a later one, right? Like in that was early. That might have been in February. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Anywhere. You're, you're right. It was. It was early. Uh, it was. Well, we, did, we had a rookie draft not too long after that. Yeah, you're right. And actually, the warp tool was uh, was pretty new at the time. Um, I we, don't even we, think it was we, like we, truly well, official. We might have still we, been on graphs. <laughs> we had the warp tool, but it wasn't. We hadn't launched a website. Yeah. Like like we could run it on the back end, but it was not anywhere near ready to launch. You're you're correct. But we we understood warp. And you drafted that way, but Mike, that's from basically a year ago. Look how far we've come as far as just that right, right there. So that's so, the so intro part. The the timeline, right? You talk about it, right? There's a there's a podcast, at least for me, and I'm sure uh, that's how it started for us. We heard Scott Connor talking about warp, right? And I was like, oh man, that's a great way. Like, because I am, I'm not a baseball fan, but I'm you know I kind of stay up on it, and I do love uh, the movie Moneyball. And just the analytical view. And it kind of already fit with how I, I approached Dynasty from the get-go, Adam. And I'm sure you're the same. Where it wasn't so much... I never hated players. I hated ADPs. Right? I never hated a player. I hated their current value. Either it was too much or, uh, you know, the reason I was a fan of some people. Because I thought, oh man, the, the value is going to go through the roof. It was a nice mix. Looking at baseball through an analytical lens and using a, a tool... Uh, an analytical data point like war wins above replacement. I was going, okay, we can bring that over to fantasy football. This just fits perfectly. So it piqued my interest. You and I started doing podcasts on it and just generally talking about it. Koopa comes out with the, hey, I can pull this from your sleeper league. I just need your ID number, your sleeper league ID. I'll pull it. You'll have a graph. I'm like, okay. So we did it. <clears throat> Not too interested, right? Like we used it some, but we're in 30, 35 leagues. Like, it's a tough thing to do. All of a sudden, we get the tool, like you mentioned. He builds this tool, the warp machine. Plug your username in, look at the league, <laughs> select the one you want, and uh, give it a couple minutes. It'll calculate all the data for you. Okay. So now I have a graph. I have a table. I have it individualized. We go from that to launching it publicly on the website, making it available for everybody. Right? Go ahead. Hop on. Pay the subscription. Warp. We go to the expo, tell people about it, right? Goes from there. All of a sudden, we get close to the NFL season, getting ready to kick off last year. Cooper comes out with something called A Warp. Now, we won't go too far into it, but it basically, A Warp just takes it and it uh, pulls the data on start percentage, right? Yeah, just, just simply, if you just you think of the A and use the word actualized. So it basically is saying what 
percentage of warp did people actualize by their lineup setting, right? Right. You have to you have to hit certain thresholds, right? Like a good example is that third string tight end that nobody actually rosters, and there wasn't a single person out there starting them in a given week, and they catch two touchdown passes. Right. On traditional warp, that's going to show up and go, man, that guy was a stud. I can't believe he's hanging out there. A warp is going to tell you that nobody called it, so don't really worry about it, right? It's not going to skew the rest of the results for an outlier that wasn't even on rosters. <clears throat> right. Find a way to started in point 0.1% of leagues, right? Right, right. So we go through the season. We got A warp, right? What's Koopa do this offseason? <laughs> Early into the offseason, he comes out with the available tab. And what the available tab does is it goes through your sleeper leagues, and it lets you know if you already have an existing one, what the warp players are, filters out everybody that's already on the team, whoever's sitting on waivers, that's what it tells you to do. And the best thing about it, not only is that cool, but now it works during startups. Adam, you get to the 111, and you're like, man, what's the best warp option for me in this league based on last year? Bam. It already takes the first 10 picks off. They're already taken away from the graphs. So when I've been using this so far in startups, it's great because you can actually see almost in real time how the graphs separate themselves. <laughs> Right? As the quarterback runs start to happen, that quarterback line comes down even farther because the ones that you have left aren't the elite guys, right? Doesn't skew it as much. And maybe the wide receivers start to creep up, and all of a sudden the wide receivers are by far and away the best available warp options. So that's where the warp tool currently is. That isn't where it's going to finish, I can guarantee, just because of all the conversations we've had. We're going to do something called Dynasty Warp. I'll let uh, Koopa explain that when that comes out. Uh, there's little visual graphics, little things that we're going to add to it. Potential of importing something like keep trade cut data as well, where you can compare side by side. You could go to the graph and see what their warp rank was, but you could also see what their, their community rank is. <laughs> keep trade cut and see where they're at. It is absolutely incredible the way warp has like changed and shifted. And to your point, Adam, that is just talking about the tool in itself not even the applications of it and last year was the first real year where we took it ran with it i used it all over the place we used it in season for trade targets and pickups i used it in startups leading up there highly successful <laughs> we'll say year one and as it catches on more the more you have an understanding of it the more you're already in on ground level the bigger advantage you're going to have over anybody who's just getting into it so yeah i mean it's and, good to get into it on ground level and the other thing i forgot to mention is i really want in some way shape or form we got to figure out how to get college warp in big undertaking lots of data lots of players lots of teams fan tracks etc well, <laughs> but we're gonna get there i i hope well i mean uh, uh, it's interesting what i was going to talk about kind of you can forecast into the college warp now so Mike, you think about the evolution of the game of fantasy football. And if you think about just the evolution of where we're at today, right? Now, fantasy football, if you think about going back to the OG days, right? This is going to apply to Warp, by the way. There's a parallel here. But think about it. And for the, like, long term, like the people that are OG OGs in the space, Mike, older than you and I, not saying we haven't played for a long time, the OG OGs, like they were the ones that had to, all the stuff we like to do and put in our little sleeper league right now, when they figured all that crazy stuff out, they had to have somebody that's going to sit here and hand count the stuff off of the paper or online. Like this is the OG days, yep. right? Now, what makes 
the game blow up. So it's not really that people weren't like degenerates and didn't want to probably play fantasy football, but the amount of effort and the lack of clarity and the lack of access that you had back then, what do we have? The development of the internet, right? And the internet really starts to take off. And now all of a sudden you can get it on your on your desktop and you can get to it when you have a chance to. The real big blow up, Mike, right now you have you have a mobile computer in your hands compared to what we used to have. Right? Because this is in front of your screen and in front of your face all the time, and you can do a draft on this any single where in the country, you're looking at the blow up of all of this game, right? You're looking at so many different people playing in so many different leagues. It's crazy. That's really what's happened with Warp last year. Like, it's not that someone didn't understand Warp. It's that how do you actually take all that and now calculate it? And now how do I look at it for this league and that league? It, it was too, for someone to do all that, <laughs> the level of detail and understanding they're going to have to have to go through all that, it may, and then what their understanding of it is may not even be worth it. But now that you have someone that's, now that it's actually right in front of your face, and if you just go to the Warp tool, you can plug it in through all your leagues. You can literally click from one league to the other, see the graph in, in real time. Any one of them, you can go to the available. As it continue to build out, that's when you're going to see this big blow up. And like you see with Sleeper. I mean, for those that don't know, Sleeper, Mike and I swear by this place, right? Like, it's the only platform we'll do a league on. Yeah. Understand this, this platform is relatively damn new. Like, we're talking, like, it really didn't wasn't even around, but like six, seven years ago or something, right? Like 2018 is probably the first time I heard of it. You know, first time I got into a league, and even then it was still pretty like minor. Like it wasn't readily readily available to everybody. Um, right. They they weren't a lot of leagues for dynasty purposes hanging about. Uh, obviously, COVID was kind of when that really took off for everybody, and it's done nothing but grow since then. So, I mean, you're talking literally since like 2020. <laughs> it's a COVID year going on forward. Uh, sleeper is really taken off so in a matter of four years it's nuts. yeah well i mean uh it's funny so i'm doing some work with bdge and i'll never forget watching this now and it feels like it's not that long ago uh if you're interested in like how sleeper came up in this talk we're getting into here which is a little off the topic but it, it's to the point uh may 9th 2020 he did an interview with the guy that started sleeper mike and the story is so cool from where it started and how you know it's basically a small out of a garage startup and it gets to the point where it was at that point in 2020. And now it's, you know, exponentially bigger than it was then. Um, point is when, when you get to college warp and when, when you get to the, where the growth of this can be, because it's so accessible and people can understand it. And the more time that's spent in front of it, the more time people are going to be, especially Koopa, uh, pushing the tool along, utilizing it. Now to college warp, I mean, I'm not going to act like I'm the brains of this thing. I, that's on Koopa, buddy. I mean, it, I, I think he can do it, but I don't know how. Uh, I'm not going to act like I know how to implement the thing. I'll talk about it when it's ready to go. I will, but I, I don't know how to do it. He'll have to teach us. We'll have to study it for ourselves, but Koopa will be there to guide us. He's like our shaman, our warp shaman. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the guy that's going to get us through the uh, – he's going to navigate for us, buddy. I'm just a follower. All right. Before we get out of here, though, brought up a good point. Yeah. You talked about working for BDG, you know? Trivia is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Let's play a little fun game, right? Oh, yeah. Fun An facts. homage to Eric on America's Game and right. an homage to BDGE for their trivia. Okay. Warp. I found out it goes all the way back to 2007, Adam. The oldest data set we got. My senior year in high school. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, buddy. 2007. 
Man. Warp per game. Who is the number one player in warp per game? Do you have a guess? 2007? I, I'll gi- yep, I'll give you a hint. Um, okay. Running back? So that was the year that uh, that was the year the Patriots went nuclear. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, that's, I mean, yeah, that, I, that, like that was actually the fall. So I was in college. That was Randy Moss season. Yep. All right. It is a running back, though. It's not Randy Moss or Tom Brady. Number one player in warp per game. Trying to think here. So warp per game, we're talking 2007. I'm trying to remember. It's funny because, like, I'm going back to my time. Like, we did a fantasy draft in the year, um, like, actually in the dorms. And it was, you know, one of those, like, all oh, that they were crazy. Another, another hint, they didn't play a full season. Yeah, I mean, Mike, I, I don't know. I They played a half a season, though. Something about what I know about that timeline, I feel like this player just was uh, defying all the odds at the position and just in general. I'm probably going to end up being wrong. Maybe this was when he finally, like, cliffed, but. Like, I just feel like there was a window for, like, seven years, and I think this was maybe the last one of it where LT was just God, and that's my going to be my guess. Ooh, that was a good guess. But LT did play a full season. <clears throat> okay. So, so oh, oh, you, oh, you're saying he only played a half a season. Yep. Number one player in war per game only played seven games that season. Ooh, Injured so got, the rest. So he got hurt? Yep. Was it, uh, was it Frank Gore? It was not Frank Gore. That was a good guess, though. Okay. Uh, I'm, I I'm, he, I'm he wearing a hint. <laughs> um, hmm. You're let's go, uh, Brian Westbrook. I'm wearing a hint. The the Dolphins. Um, who was the who <laughs> was the enough. Dolphins running back at the time? Was it? Uh, I don't know. Who was it? Ronnie Brown. Oh, Ronnie Brown. That's right. Dang. Yep. Seven games. Uh, the number one quarterback, obviously, layup. Yeah, Brady was by a country mile. I did like the Brian Westbrook guess. He was the number two guy in one okay. per game. And, and Randy uh, Moss probably was one in, in wide overall receiver. and per game, correct? Yeah, uh, Randy Moss, yeah. He was uh, the number one wide receiver uh, mm. overall in warp. I just pulled up for a pretty standard league that I have. Mm. Standard, pretty standard scoring. Tom Brady actually beat out Randy Moss. In in total. Oh work. no no, I'm sorry. I was meaning for re- receiver. Yeah no no, yeah. I get you. Yeah, Brady, Brady Moss, was number one. Yep. Uh, you got to guesses on who the number two receiver would have been. Oof, man. And we'll also game, accept the third. Game? Yeah, we'll game? also accept. We'll also accept the third wide receiver too, because this is uh, we're going in the time machine here. All right. Well, I mean, I, I want to say Terrell Owens. To <laughs> nailed it. He was number was three though. Okay, so then. It's uh, is it Reggie Wayne? It is Reggie Wayne. Oh, let's go, man. Well, I you, I've got lucky, man. This is like a very formidable year for me. I remember a lot of this uh, season, so I got. Lucky who's the here. Who's the best tight end? Oh, goodness, man. That's really tough. Uh, I feel like it's t- it's going to be a, it's a lucky guess between which one I'm going to get here. These are two of the greats. It's going to be either Gonzalez or Witten. I'm going to guess Witten. Witten is the correct yes. answer. <laughs> now, uh, I remember those two were like the ones that mattered, but even then, Mike, I didn't know what I was doing, but I remember I didn't have a good tight end and it didn't matter because I had LT and I had Moss and that was all I needed. You know what's crazy? Jason Witten and Terrell Owens, both top 10 warp per game options overall in this league, Adam. Witten was top 10 even at the tight. Wow. Wait, what, yes. what's the premium in this one you're looking at just for the record? Just a half point, too. Wow. He, they were both top 10 now, options. 
You but Tom the... Brady, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning had such good seasons that Tony Romo was the third. <laughs> Two well, of his weapons were Titan and Warfare Romo. All right. Do you remember? Do you remember? Like Mike, I remember a lot about this season. So, do you remember that the Cowboys were also really, really good to start this season off? They were undefeated yeah. when they they played them, and uh, it was a big game when they were both undefeated. I believe the Cowboys and the Pats. Was that the year too that uh, it ended with uh, the Romo fumbled snap in the playoffs on the field goal? <laughs> Yep, exactly. Pete. There you go. See, boom. All right, Pete. Uh, it's pretty good to go back and look at that. Uh, the tight end one is interesting. Um, Jason Witten's so good. Uh, and Tony now, Gonzalez. No, wait a minute, because I think Gates was actually pretty decently high in this year too, right? We had all the goats, right? He would have been third. Yes. Mm. And we'll throw another goat in there. He didn't make the picture, but the OG, Dallas Clark. Really? He's four. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ooh, how about a blast from a past name at tight end? Chris Cooley. Oh, wow. Washington. Wow. And uh, there was actually a, another tight end here in the top 10 of Warp. And uh, for the life of me, I couldn't tell you what number he wears or where he went to college. And I pay attention to a lot of this stuff, and it comes okay. easy for me. Okay. Tony Scheffler from Denver. <sighs> I, I remember the name. I don't remember the number. I'm pretty good with numbers, too. Um, but not I vaguely even remember the name. Uh, wide receivers, you had oh, this had to be uh, Marquez Colston's rookie year, he was top five in warp. Yep. Brandon Marshall, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, Hushmanzada, wow. Wes Walker, Steve Smith, and Greg Jennings. Oh, rounds out your top 10. Plexico Burris, Plexiglass Fry was in the mix. Uh, was that the year he shot himself? It might no, have been, it would have been later. Uh, he was 11th. Okay, 11th. all right. Oh, how about – I had to go to the next page, but how about Bobby Ingram from Seattle showing up as the top 12 warp wide receiver? That's insane. <laughs> and running backs, uh, LT, overall warp, Brian Westbrook. This was when all you wanted was a running back back in this days, so, though, guys. Right? Jo- Joseph Adai. Oh, yeah. Portis. Well, Frank don't Porter. forget. You know, uh, there's some there's some old OG names on here. Pride Lynch, Pryley Peterson, right, the early days for them. AP, AP's up here. How about uh, Ernest Graham in Tampa Bay? <laughs> yeah, Marion the Barbarian. You know, uh, uh, Reese Jones Drew. Yeah, MJ, MJD. Uh, you know, you know who's kind of disappointment at this point. Like uh, the the big name of Reggie Bush. I think he was pretty disappointing this year. Yeah, yeah, wasn't that great? And then uh, quarterbacks, uh, kind of the ho hum: Brady, Manning, Romo, Roethlisberger, Breeze, Brett Favre. Matt Hasselbeck, Carson Palmer, Donovan McNabb, and can you guess the 10th? 10th QB. Oh, my gosh. This is, like, impossible. <laughs> he played in the state of Florida. Played in the state of Florida. Um, Wait a minute. Hold on. You said Marshall, correct? Uh, Cutler. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. How'd you, how'd you get Marshall? How'd you get Cutler from Marshall? I'm thinking they about um, they weren't playing together, but I just thought when you know Jay Cutler used to pass it to Brandon Marshall, they weren't playing together at the time. But I'm like, just thinking of names. I got Jay you. Cutler. Um, it's like they played in Denver and Chicago. Together. Not, not yeah. I got you. B. Um, Marson went to Miami. I'm just thinking of names. He played in the state of Florida. Played in the state of Florida. Now you might have me stumped here, buddy. I'm trying to think, man. I am. And I'll even give you the team. Okay. Played for the Jaguars. Okay. 07 Jaguars. Oh, my goodness. Kind of forgotten. Forgotten quarterback of the era. Hmm. 
oh, oh, seven Jags, man. Dude, I'm probably not going to guess this, I don't think. Oh, let me just – I'm trying to think so hard. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I'm drawing a blank, man. Damn it. Who? David Garrard. Yeah. You you know what? I wasn't going to get that. I told you Jaguars quarterback around that time frame. A lot of people guessed uh, Leftwich. Yeah. Well, I mean – But you yeah. had a couple of years there where David Garrard was a pretty damn good quarterback for the Jags. Yeah. Man, I did not realize he would have been that high. Interesting. Okay. You, you weren't too far off, though. Jay Cutler was 11th for Denver at the time. Mm. I, I was just thinking, you know, Jay Cutler, Miami, Denver, all that. But, yeah, uh, anyway, I missed it. I was not going to get Garrard, but thanks for giving me a, a chance to get there, you know. <laughs> also, too, just the evolution of the quarterback position. Think about how this would look in today's A&H, Adam. Another good standout. Tampa Bay had two quarterbacks in the top 20 of total warp. What? So, so it really tells you how bad the QB play was towards the bottom of the league. The Wait, Tampa hold on. They had Who? two guys. Who hold on? Who 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 is Jeff Jeff Garcia. Okay, Garcia. All right. He came in at fourteenth. He ended up going to Cleveland after that. All right. Fourteenth. Uh he played fourteen games and uh Luke who McCown. Was... Oh McCown dude, the journeyman of Luke McCown. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he played uh, seven games, so I Imagine, I, I don't know for sure, but it kind of feels like he, he played or started a few games for a team and then got traded to the uh, the Bucks <laughs> at some point and then filled in for Garcia after. That's hurt. crazy. Both uh, two, two guys in the top. Wow. All right. Two guys at the top 14 <laughs> or the top 20. Nuts. I mean, I do feel like, though. Could you, imagine, was... could you imagine if we had that situation where it was like Danny Dimes and Tommy DeVito? <laughs> Where two quarterbacks in the top twenty a total warp for this year. <laughs> like, what? I mean, there was a point, Mike, when there were so many injuries, it kind of felt like that. Now it probably wasn't actually true, but it kind of felt like that at some point. Um, maybe for like a week or two. But you know what's crazy, Mike? We're talking about this in the OG days. I can't help but think, and now I'm sure there's some some outliers, but I really can't help but think. Like you talk about how, you know, people like to say they get nostalgic on it. Like things were so simple in the old days. Like, it really feels like back in this year, like, shit was real simple. Like, you just draft. Those those first-round running backs almost didn't bust, like, unless they got hurt, right? They were all really, really good for the most part. Now, there's exceptions. Moss was drafted early. Brady was drafted early. All those tight ends were the, like, favorites to be there, and they all, like, mattered. It was like, I don't know. It felt like shit was simple this year. Not saying there wasn't some outliers, but, like, it felt like it was just – you know, things just fell into place as it was supposed to go, except for Brady was just a, a monumentally different quarterback this specific year. But, you know, like, I'm not saying warp wouldn't have mattered here, but, like, people would have been like, yeah, this is what you drafted. This is what ADP is, you know? <laughs> I, got some, <laughs> I got some great ones here, too. Now you tell it. me some of these I don't even think are real people. And this is a lineup <laughs> league, too. So I don't think are real people. <laughs> I don't think they're real people. This is a lineup <laughs> league, by the way. So there is negative <laughs> warp. Okay. Another thing we forgot to mention on the intro, you can't uh, can't go negative in a best ball. (laughs) That's true. Can't be detrimental to warp in best ball. Can't go negative. Lineup league, however, you can be a detriment because the replacement player is better than that dude. (laughs) Yep. He's far and below the replacement level player. So uh, I gave you, right, Luke McCown came in there, and you're like, what? All right, Trent Green. Okay. For Miami. Dan Orlovsky. I was going to say, Mike, like the longer you keep mentioning names, it feels like I'm just thinking of like analysts now at this point, you know? 
dude, I don't even think this guy's a real dude. <laughs> you know, he is. I had to Google him. Who? Uh, I'm going to mess up his name, so my apologies if he's a listener of the Is show. it a quarterback? <laughs> it's a quarterback. I think I might. Well, I think I know who you're talking about. Played one game for Buffalo. Okay, not nah, that wasn't what I was going to say. All right, go ahead. Who? Gibram Hamden. Not at all who I was going to guess. So. Nope. Okay, good on you. He is a real person, though. Shock, shocking that uh, Cooper's work tool doesn't have any fake people in it, you know? Uh, Marcus Tua Lasasopo. I can't say his last name right, but I do know who that was. I remember his. I, I remember never being able to say his name, but I do remember him, yep. I'm pretty sure he went to Minnesota. That was his college. Like, he was uh, the Minnesota quarterback. I don't even Could know. Could be wrong. I don't even know how to try to spell it right now. I'm trying to think. T-U-I-A-S-O. O-P-O. Tuiasasopa. Yep, there you go. Um, was it Minnesota? Well, right now I'm looking at him in a USC hat, but hopefully that was after the fact. Uh, went to Washington, actually. Oh, dang it. Bright color. Not, but I mean, it was close, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a right. shot in the dark. That was Dante a, I, Culpepper? I, mean, I honestly thought you were going to have it right. Dante Culpepper was that, was that dude, man. This Sean was, Hill? Uh, and that was when Randy left, right? Um he would already been gone a couple of years though because he went to Oakland first. Uh, Sean Hill, wow. You know, I could be wrong about this. I want to take a real shot in the dark as far as like quarterbacks, random ones that played. Uh, like Tarvarius Jackson, was he playing in this year? He he was top twenty actually. He was nineteen. No way. Yep. Dante Culpepper though. Uh, I feel like to, he was terrible. Dante Culpepper. He did that. Not in Minnesota. Not oh. in Miami. Hmm. Can you guess the team he was playing for? Uh, that would be... Oh, come on. <laughs> Post-Miami Dante Culpepper, everyone just assumed he was dead. No. He actually played Crap. three more years. What was his... Oh, this is bad. I, don't... I can't remember now. Um... Crap. I don't think I'm going to get it. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to have to let you tell me. I don't think I'm going to get it on the spot here. The Raiders. <laughs> It's funny because I wanted to say that, but I was like, wasn't that before Miami? Darn it. Nope. Just after. He played for the Raiders for one year and then two years with Detroit. Yeah. Um, Sean right. Hill, Charlie Whitehurst, Tyler Palco. Palco. Wow. Okay. I'm assuming this is also a shot in the dark. I'm not cheating. I think Tyler Palco went to Southern Miss. Pull it in. We're going to look it up. but. I'm trying See, to remember here. I'm trying to remember, like, Mike, it's funny because I'm thinking about this is this is just showing you, like, where we – the, the roots here for me. I love these shots in the dark you're taking. Mike, the roots for me here is this year, right? I fantasy – first of all, mind you, I'm playing college basketball. I'm literally, like, at, at the gym all the time. Any any waking second I didn't have it this year. Fantasy football, uh, the college game, which was still around, right, in the dorm, as well as taking that person and taking the stuff over to Madden. So I'm trying to think of like Madden people um, that I was like playing with specifically this year or had on my team. I'm all right. How about like the the one of the most built dudes <laughs> was probably David Boston, but not him. I'm thinking Joey Galloway. Was Joey Galloway like any decent this year, or was he still playing even? I feel like he'd be late in his career, but maybe I'm just off. Maybe he's already retired. I'm trying to remember some other people that I played with, man. Like. Random ones. Oh, you, you muted what? He was playing. Oh, was he? He dude, he had he to be near the end of career. Was he decent? Let's go, Joey Galloway, a, man. I used to love Joey Galloway. 
So I filtered it too. I made sure that they played at least four games. But he was a top 24 mm-hmm. warp wide receiver for what team? So it wasn't Seattle. That's too easy. Um, oh, goodness. He's from Ohio, man. Come on. Think, Adam. Think. I like this. Joey Galloway was a stud, 07. Dude. All right. Honestly, dude, I, the only team I can really, really visualize that he wasn't playing with that wasn't Seattle was Tampa. Is that, I don't know if that it, was the year, though. It, it was, was that Tampa. The year? Okay. Yep. You remember he had, uh, it looks like, yeah, he had four years with Dallas, too. So you kind of had that in there. And then okay, he had that's that right. one that year. They played with New England? He had that year with New England, and they had a year with Washington. Holy crap. I didn't even remember about that Washington year. Well, Joey Galloway played till he was 39. And even yep, in dude. his age. 39 season he uh that's why i said i almost didn't even know if he was playing in 07 because he was getting so old at that point Um, 2007 was his last good year he had right so counting stats he had 57 catches a thousand yards that boy could still get downfield dude he had a thousand yards in 07 that's amazing that's amazing you know that's gonna be a a nick question oh yeah pdg at some point this is yeah this is prep work right here man people don't realize they're out here like what are these guys talking about at this point like no this is this is prep work now all right, Mike. Um, I don't know why. Here's the thing. Like, I know Calvin Johnson was playing this year, but for some reason, I feel like he didn't actually – did he get hurt or something? I feel like he didn't have a good season. Ooh. Well, let's find out. Find okay. out, and then Am we'll I bounce tripping? out of here. All right, yeah, last last, last one, and then we'll, uh, we'll let the people go. 2007 Calvin Johnson. Oh, that was his rookie year. Was That's his why. rookie year? Okay. All right. Yeah, well, he did. You, All right could you well. imagine – Calvin Johnson, right now. So say this happens with Marvin Harrison. Just think about this, okay? Today's yeah. A and H. Marvin Harrison gets drafted. Calvin was the number two pick, Adam. <laughs> so the Washington Commanders or somebody trades up, mm-hmm. takes a Marvin Harrison Jr. And then in his rookie year, he comes out. He only starts ten games for the team. He gets ninety-three targets, forty-eight catches, sub eight hundred yards. And only four touchdowns. Imagine like the swing and like, oh my god! <laughs> it's kind of like uh, it'd probably be teetering on like what JSN did this year, except for JSN was the twenty-something pick. <laughs> Johnson was the number two overall guy. <laughs> yep. We'd have to like talk people off ledges. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, we're we're so spoiled now. We expect all this. Uh, and that to that point, Mike. Uh, at least, unless I'm completely off my rocker, I, I, that's still to this day the highest drafted receiver we've ever seen it too, right? Yeah, I don't think there's been anybody who's gone one. number one. No. I mean, if we didn't have, you know, Caleb and all these other good quarterbacks, you might have had a chance this year, but it's just. Oh, I take that back. I should have known. Do we have one? one? Okay. All right. Maybe I'm crazy. All right. What do we got? Throw me the damn ball. Keyshawn. Was he? Oh, my gosh. How did I forget that? You're right, Keyshawn, dude. throw me the damn ball. You're right, dude. Damn. One overall. That is crazy. Mm. Uh, there's been three total. Number one overall, three total? Oh, wow. Yeah. I was way off. All right. You would. Uh, this probably be a good uh, JMO question there, too. There we go. Keyshawn. Yeah. But uh, Dave Parks, San Francisco, 1964. <laughs> okay. No I, idea. I, I, I never would. I, I wouldn't. Back in the 60s, Mike, I never would have thought they – do you, you think they don't take receivers now at one? 
I, right. you met, that they didn't care about. That's crazy. Interesting. And uh, the other one was in 1984, and you probably do know this player, just not, just uh, not. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Record no. setting. Irving Fryer. Yeah. You definitely would have heard of the name. Yeah, I have. Yep. Um, I was, Three receivers. Number for one. some reason, I was thinking Steve Lawrence, but I'm like, he didn't go that high. There you go. A little warp trivia to finish out the intro to warp. Mm. Three? We, wow. I, I'm thinking, sitting here thinking maybe none. Keyshawn, as soon as you told me, I'm like, okay, duh. There's been three number one overall receivers. Three so number oneers. It's not that uh, not that uncommon. All right. Maybe we'll get four this year. <laughs> I doubt it, but that would be amazing. Imagine if, the Bears, imagine if the Bears sat there and just took Marv. Yeah. Ta-da. Flex. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> get me out of here before we get off the rails. We're getting crazy here. We appreciate everybody tapping in. That was the intro to Warp. Um, probably within a couple weeks, you know, month or so. We'll dive more into Warp, but we wanted to get the intro one out there. We'll dive into some more advanced stuff that Adam and I have been uh, have been using Warp for. One of the good things you can check out, too, is uh, Eric's going through positions, right? So this Ooh, okay. is QB month for Eric on America's Game over on our podcast channel if you want to check that out. So he do- dove in with Koopa the warp god himself into qb warp i already heard there's plans in the making to do running backs next month wide receivers tight ends so on and so forth and have koopa explain warp and the intricacies there so who better to explain it than uh you know the man himself uh nobody (laughs) the only person to explain it to the level he can so we will bring up some of our own warp strategies and how we do it and uh you know maybe critique koopa for once you know, yeah. in that South Harmon uh, Dynasty Degenerates League. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> you don't need to take them all right now. Better lucky than good. good That's job, true. Koopa, right? <laughs> Tell them better lucky than good. Really mess with Koopa. Like, yeah, I know you built this tool and all that, but yeah, good job. Well, we appreciate everybody. We'll see y'all back here same time, same place next week for episode 25. Camp Bound, ride this thing. Peace. Peace. Peace.